0: (laughs) You can't go wrong when you're talking about Wolves and tree huggers Let's kick this thing off, here we go There exists a threat From anti-hunting groups To politicians trying to give our land away And we won't stand for it Those vast western landscapes Provide the space for our wildlife to thrive And a place for hunters and anglers To fuel the fire that sparks their soul In this show We share our love of hunting, fishing And conservation Here Hey guys, welcome to episode number 52. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Time Studio right here in Hayden, Idaho. And uh, the, the Broken Time Studio here is going to be going through some remodeling. Um, I'm going to be tucked in the corner of this thing, and we're going to paint it, make it all bright and shiny and new, Put some maybe put some new flooring down, I don't know. Uh, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. This is going to be the last episode of the year 2020, this banner year of, uh, of COVID-19 and uh, BLM protests and murder hornets and elections and election frauds and, uh, and arguing about politics and all the things that we've been just going through this year. I know I'm missing stuff. Uh, it, it's also taken like Kenny Rogers It's taken some other just legendary musicians. It's taken uh, the steam out of uh, so many businesses throughout America. And it makes me sick that we're in that predicament. And I think that it is time that we start looking at opening up this economy and opening up the uh, the, the towns and and markets and, and everything else that, that the uh, the government feels the need to shut down on us. And, and I hope that that's what we're going to kind of move into because, um, man, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing people's lives destroyed over this. This virus that uh, we didn't deserve and and we shouldn't still be suffering from. So um, anyway, I don't I don't mean to rant on that. Guys, welcome to the show. This is going to be a great episode. I got a great guest for you. I'll tell you about him in just a little bit. Uh, but I, I want to start this off by sharing a review that we got on Apple um, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. And I uh, I don't normally do this, but this review really struck me and I I appreciate it a lot. Uh, and and i just want to read it to you and it's from um you know when you're writing these these apple reviews uh you, you don't put your name in there it's like it's kind of random you know there's there's i've got reviews from Archery.43 archery Dot and derek e and id idaho hunter 38 and and so anyways this one's from a guy named double stew i think double stew whatever however you pronounce that but the review goes like this. A true huntsman. Jim is a true uh, sportsman with an honest and passionate outlook for hunting. He's got a ton of humility, transparency, and gratitude. I can't thank him enough for his guests and info on hunting that contributed greatly to my first archery elk hunting season last year. Success last year. Thank you for all you do, Jim, and all for all you share. Love you too, brother. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and he's saying that uh, because of a reference I made last year on our one year anniversary episode, telling the audience how much I love them. And, uh, I, I, and I truly do love you guys. Uh, so whoever this is that wrote this, uh, gosh, man, I appreciate it. That, that is super nice. I think you've, you've definitely inflated, uh, my expertise and, and, uh, level of humility and, and transparency and things like that. But, Either way, man, I, I appreciate it. That's a that's a true blue review right there, and it's uh, it just it made me feel good. I shared it with my wife, and uh, such a nice review. I, I really do appreciate that. And in fact, I appreciate it enough that uh, I am not in the business of paying for reviews or anything along those lines. So it's it's not about that. But I I just want you to know that the review struck a chord with me. And if you write into me and give me your address, I'll send you a t-shirt, man. Uh, just because I. It's just such an honest review, and 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 I appreciate it. It's such a nice review. Uh, so shoot me an email, Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com, uh, with your mailing address, and I will jump on the website and send you one of our Western Huntsman T-shirts. Um, which, by the way, guys, we do have those on sale. They're like they're like fifteen bucks or something. Uh, plus shipping because i can't figure out how to include shipping i'm like such a illiterate when it comes to this but it's supposed to give me the option to take shipping out of it but it's not so instead of taking shipping out i reduce the price till the end of the year uh so that basically once they include shipping in there it's the same cost as what i would normally charge but at some point i am going to get better with that um anyway whoever wrote that review man i appreciate it um I, I, I really do, from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for, thanks for being so nice and, and writing a review. Uh, next time I release an episode, it will be the year 2021. And I'm hoping and I'm praying and I'm crossing my fingers that 2021 is going to be a better year uh, for our country than 2020 was. And I, I'm hoping that it's, it's, things are going to start getting back to normal. And we're going to see life kind of adjust back to how it was about a year ago at this point before we were all, um, you know, just kind of consumed with uh, elections and and viruses and and all these things that we've been going through uh, over the last 12 months or so. Well, like 11 months. I think I want to say the craziness started like towards the end of February at some point. Um, And it's just it's time. It's time to get back to normal. Like it's just time. I, I don't know how else to put that. It's not, I, and I'm not one of those guys that thinks that this virus doesn't exist. I, I do. It does exist. I've had family members that have had it, and I, I think that it is potentially very dangerous for some people. But when you when you look at the facts and you strip away all the all the politics out of it, um, it's it's a virus that makes people really sick, and we should try to avoid getting it. Uh, but it's not really worth shutting down our economy over, and and so I'm hoping that 2021 people start seeing that, and some of these uh, these urban leaders that are <laughs> shutting down our states and stuff like that, I I, I hope they see it too. And and uh, if if you're out there and you want to get on the show, and you're one of those uh, city, county, state, federal leaders. That is doing that, and you wanna you wanna come on the show and talk about it. I, I'd be happy to share uh, your voice on on that, and we can we can have a discussion on it. So that that'd be cool. Reach out to me, Jim at thewesternhuntsman.com. Anyway, I want to leave you with this as we as we kind of we we kind of take the step out of uh, the year 2020 and we start kind of wandering into 2021, kind of the unknown. Um, I am not a big proponent of New Year's resolutions. I think that they're uh, a hyped-up thing that most people don't even stick to, and and I'm guilty of that, too. Uh, It is kind of a a reset, though. It can be looked at as a reset. And and one thing that I'm hoping that you guys will take to heart is uh, I'm going to challenge you to do one positive thing for the hunting uh, community or conservation movement or uh, something that is, is going to Make hunting better for everybody as a whole, not just yourself or not just your kids or, you know, just something that is going to elevate hunting and hunters. And 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 some of the things I, I did kind of, I jotted down a little list here to help you out. Uh, some of the things that I'm going to commit to or or some ideas that if you don't know how to do that, uh, how to make some kind of contribution towards hunting, uh, how you could do that. So the list kind of starts like this. You could join or donate to a conservation group there's tons of them out there you know we've got um the uh, rocky mountain elk foundation the mule deer foundation uh uh, you know idaho wildlife association or federation i'm sorry (laughs) i'm on the board of that one and i didn't even pronounce it right sorry about that (laughs) idaho wildlife federation there's foundation for wildlife management uh some of the ones i'm listing off here are kind of local to the idaho area uh there's other ones out there um, that that you guys can look into and see which ones that are out there that align best with your values and what you think is important. There's groups out there that are kind of focused more on public land. Some of them are focused on habitat improvement. Some of them are focused more on better game management. Some of them are focused on all those things and and they just kind of have, you know, a little bit of everything in there. Find one that you like and you align with that you've never been a part of and join it. Uh, serve as a volunteer on a conservation habitat or or habitat improvement project there's tons of those out there just jump on those websites uh, mainly on those groups that i just mentioned or serve as a board member on one of these conservation groups if there's a board or if there's a group out there that you firmly believe in why not if they're if they need board members serve serve on a board uh, you'd be surprised how much knowledge you can gain by doing something like that uh, you guys are going to like this one. Buy a new gun or a bow. And the reason I say that is because that is going to apply uh, funding towards a Pittman-Robertson tax. Uh, Robertson. Jeez, man, I'm having a tough time talking today. The excise tax called Pittman's Robertson. And uh, that uh, there's an 11% tax that uh, goes directly to conservation. It's a, it's a, it's a good program. Um, another one, I'm going to challenge you guys to portray a positive ethic on social media. So if you're listening, I don't think anybody in this audience does that, but if you're one of those dudes out there or gals that finds it funny to hang a deer carcass, gut it out in a garage and pour beer down and treat it like it's a beer bong and put that on social media, don't do that in the year 2021. Just don't do that kind of shit. You know, just that uh, portraying a positive ethic on social media, I think, is going to be one of the biggest and most important things you could do. You know, keep your p- pictures clean. Uh, don't include alcohol and cigarettes in your pictures when you're putting them on social media. And a lot of people are going to be like, "Well, that's just who I am," and I, that people can accept or not. Listen. You, you can't have that attitude anymore. We are so outnumbered, and the, the people that are against hunting, the anti-hunting movement, they are so fired up. You, you have no idea what we're up against with, with that kind of attitude. You need to change your attitude. It's not about them accepting you personally. It's about portraying us as hunters, as a united front, that this is our lifestyle, and we cherish it, and we respect our wildlife. That's what that that's what that means. That's what you're gonna do. So don't have a negative impact on social media. Grow up with that shit. Uh, write an article about conservation or public land or or hunting. You know, uh, a lot of people like that stuff. Um, what it, it does a couple things. A, it um, when you write a good article about conservation or public land or just a hunting story or anything like that, you're you're showing and portraying hunting in an ethical and positive light, right? The other thing that it does. Is it helps other people get somebody's going to connect with what you write, right? So somebody is going to connect with that, and they're going to it's going to fire them up and make them more passionate about hunting and fishing and outdoorsmanship and uh, all the all the things that we love here at the Western Huntsman. Um, so so do that, go ahead and do that. Let's uh, uh, and by the way, if 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 you want, you could send it to me, send me the article, and I will publish it on my website. Uh, we talked about that in the last episode. Jim If you got a if you got a cool hunting story you want to tell, maybe it was your uh, this year was your first year ever harvesting an elk or a deer, and you want to tell the story, write it down and throw some pictures in there and send it to me. And if 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 I can, I'll put it out on the website. And the only reason I couldn't is if it's a an absolute disaster of an article but i can help you fix that stuff up too it's just kind of cool to share that stuff people eat that up people love that i i love reading stories like that um okay another thing teach a new hunter uh introduce and mentor a new hunter uh another one would be buy a federal duck stamp even if you don't hunt waterfowl uh those are good uh, b- basically in terms of conservation and um that that actually that, that money goes a long way. Let's just keep it simple here. Uh, invest in yourself to become a more effective hunter. If you're a more effective hunter, you're gonna inspire other hunters to be better. Uh, you're gonna inspire yourself to be better. Uh, and let's just face it, we all want to be more effective hunters. There's lots of ways to do that. We've talked about it all year long how to become uh, a more effective hunter. And some of my favorites are things like the Elk Collective. And um, the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Academy uh, with Joe Gillia over there—that's man, that's such a good platform. You guys need to check that out. Row Hunting Resources, the Elk Calling Uh, Academy—the list can just go on and on and on and on. So uh, do that because it's going to make you better. And if you're a better hunter, the hunting community is going to be better for it. Uh, Okay, buy merchandise from an organization that funds conservation efforts. Uh, That's always a good one. Sometimes you'll you'll find like. when you, well I'll just use I'll, I'll use a super easy one when you buy a t-shirt from the Rocky Mountain elk Foundation that money is is going towards conservation uh, and there's a lot of and a lot of gear companies do that uh, and so look for look for gear items that where they they might donate a portion of those proceeds towards conservation efforts. Those are I always support those. Even if I don't need that gear, I'll I'll, I'll go buy that if my if my wife will let me. <laughs> um okay, and last the only other idea I've got is is go hunting more often. If you go hunting more often, you're going to become more proficient, you're going to become more passionate. Uh it's going to give you a lot more drive. Uh, you, and, and you're just gonna get a lot more out of it and and that is just again I, I've said this like a million times but rising tides raise all ships and and if your tide is rising that means that it's gonna it's gonna help raise other tides for other hunters and so that's that's important uh, so go hunting more often you know raise your own tide get out there and and uh, worry less about freaking football season and worry more about putting a deer in the freezer uh, or an elk or a bear. Um, you know whatever whatever you're chasing so those are my things and I want you guys to know i'm I'm committed to all those uh, those are just things that I do uh, on top of the podcast and and another thing that I'm gonna start doing is if you listen to last week's episode, we talked about how the Western huntsman is a platform for all western hunters It's not me it's not my nickname it's it is the western huntsman uh, as as kind of this brand uh, to to help highlight all hunters out there that are that are good ethical hunters uh not the dudes drinking deer beer out of a deer esophagus and (laughs) things like that so um we're gonna start a hashtag and I, i just want the hashtag to be hashtag team western huntsman so if you're out there on instagram and uh, you know other places where you can share the hashtags, use that one. Use the Team Western Huntsman, and I'll throw it out there, and um, that'll that'll kind of hopefully that'll kind of help unite a lot of the messaging that we're, that we're doing. I'm not totally sure how the hashtagging thing works, but um, that's I think one thing that's going to help. So use Team Western Huntsman hashtag when you're out there, and if you're not following the Western Huntsman on social media, um, we're on Facebook and on Instagram, and so check us out there and give us a follow. We appreciate it. Okay, guys. Moving on. Today, you ever come across somebody in your life, uh, whether it's a hunter or, or somebody in your job that just inspires you, uh, makes you want to be better, makes you want to think deeper, and and kind of maybe recalibrate some of your 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 train of thought. Whether again, whether it's hunting or work or family or lifestyle or church or or whatever. I I met a guy uh, a while back that I've I've been trying to get him on the show for a long time, and I finally did. And his name is Rich Lindsey, and he's one of those guys, he's one of those people that inspires you to be better. And he is just one of those, uh, he's a salt-of-the-earth kind of person. He's got a lot of history and and, uh, experience hunting elk, uh, fishing the lakes of, of North Idaho, uh, hunting bear, hunting wolves, hunting uh, deer. He, he's a prolific and a prolifically successful outdoorsman. And I I was super excited to get him on because I'm, I'm excited to share some nuggets of wisdom from this guy. Rich lives up in the Priest Lake area of northern Idaho, and I, I was fortunate enough to go up to his place and meet with him and sit down. We We sat down in his kitchen and just kind of like this uh, this bar table thing he had set up, and, and we sat down and had a great conversation. And and in fact, I wish I could have just recorded the whole time I was up there because we had great conversations the whole time I was there. Uh, and I was there for, I don't know, three or four hours, and I recorded an hour of it. I wish I could have gotten it all. But we uh, we started off my visit up there by hopping in his truck and, and taking like this five-mile loop. It, it had just snowed, and we were checking for uh, fresh wolf tracks because he's, he's been having some wolf problems up there. And so we did that, and that's kind of how we broke the ice. You know, we talked a little bit beforehand, but we've never met in person. And so this was the first time I met him in person. And uh, what better way to get to know somebody than go on a quick little hunt like that? So we did. We went up, uh, looked for wolves, looked for sign, looked for tracks. Uh, Didn't come across anything fresh, so we just kind of circled back and and headed back to his place. And that's when we sat down and recorded this episode with somebody that I think you guys are going to really like. You're going to really enjoy this episode. He is one of my favorite people that I've had on the show, and I can't wait to get him back on. Uh, we've got plans for another episode coming up. So without further ado, guys, let's uh, jump into this with Rich Lindsey, and uh, he is a guide. He's a he's a fishing guide. He's, uh, he's a great hunter. He's a great representation of what it means to be an outdoorsman. You guys are going to learn a lot. Listen up. Here we go.
1: over by the gate and it was a big big male wolf
0: uh-huh
1: i couldn't find my rifle i was, I was up in the buck. it was under a blanket oh geez and he walked he walked behind that house over there and i never saw
0: him again that's
1: the only two i've ever seen that one and one i shot
0: interesting yeah it's crazy you've just got them coming on the property like that
1: no well we saw that one the other day well they come up on this flat out of granite creek mm-hmm. and when the elk are in here the wolves will come in and as soon as they run the elk out then they're gone you see
0: them. They just kind of rotate back and all that yep All right guys I'm on I'm on the line right now with uh, Rich Lindsay who is up here in we're in the priest Lake area of North Idaho. In fact we could darn near throw a, a rock into Canada We're so far north and're uh, uh, his what, what rich has done is he's taken this uh, this kind of old pole barn and converted it into a really nice cabin. It's still a work in progress, but it's it's really, I, I'm pretty, I, I told him, he can't sell it without letting me know, because I'd, I'd love to buy it. Rich, how you doing, man? Good, good. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Jim. And we we also have the agreement that while we're sitting here, we're also kind of wolf hunting. Rich has uh, had some wolves come onto his property in the last couple of weeks and uh, kind of messing with his dogs. And, and so we've got our eyes open, ears peeled, and uh, we're ready to get after it. I appreciate the beer too. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so Rich, let's let's kind of start off with uh can you give everybody an idea of where you're from? Um I know uh you and I were just talking so oh let me start by saying that. We just went for a ride first. We were looking for wolf tracks. Uh what do we we probably did like a five mile loop or something and and uh didn't see anything fresh. So we're we're back at his place here and recording a, so we're not in the Broken Time studio for a change. We're in the what you got a play. You got a name for this place, Rich Bourbon Flats. Bourbon Flats. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a,
1: that's a name on the county plat.
0: <laughs> is it really? Yep. I, I knew exactly where you were at when you gave me your address, and, and I'm like, oh, okay. I I didn't know that it went this far back. So, uh, this is pretty cool. This is a first for me.
1: Yeah, it's nice back there. It's quiet. We got a ridge that runs between. My place in the lake, so we don't hear any of the lake noise.
0: Oh, that's nice. You don't hear
1: any of the road noise. It's it's dead silent in here all the time.
0: Because that lake gets pretty rowdy in the summer. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and during the summer, Rich has a uh, I don't know how much you want to promote this, but uh, Rich is a fishing guide up here on Priest Lake. And uh, what what's the name of your your guide service?
1: Um, the Idaho Fisherman.
0: The Idaho Fisherman. Yeah. And. He stays pretty busy and catches some pretty impressive trout out there on the lake, and and uh, it's been fun kind of watching him over the last few years. But uh, yeah, let's get started. Like, where, kind of tell us where you're from and and how you grew up, and and we'll take it from there.
1: I grew up in Cortland, and uh, I'm glad that I grew up in Cortland. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of a better place to grow, uh, live, and and spend time. I know when my, when we were kids, Dad used to take the the boat down to the Third Street ramp, which wasn't a Third Street ramp then. It was the uh, Inland Marine's ramp. Inland Marine was a, a, a company that actually was located directly where the big cruise ships come in and, and pull their bow in and tie up. Oh, really? That was where the ramp came down, not where the Third Street ramp is now. Gotcha. And uh, that all changed. Bob Templin came in and started the North Shore uh, resort and convention center and uh, that kind of got me started he asked me a couple different times to come and take some of his uh, guests fishing and some of those people were uh, the outdoor writers of america i remember Gritz gresham i took him fishing uh, several of the other guys homer circle was took, one of
0: you took grit fishing Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. And
1: I took Homer Circle and his wife fishing on their fiftieth anniversary.
0: No kidding. Yeah,
1: and that kind of got things rolling and <laughs> I didn't know my guide server just kind of grew from there.
0: <laughs> so you've been guiding a long time.
1: Uh, I just finished my forty seventh year.
0: Forty seventh year. Uh, start, guiding up here. Started
1: in nineteen seventy
0: four. And your your main lakes are you've got we've got Coeur d'Alene, we've got Ponderay, and we've got Priest. What what's your favorite lake to guide on?
1: Um I get people ask me that all the time. And I think
0: it's a big question because I fish all three.
1: Well, I don't. I, I can't say that I have a favorite because every every season has a has a period that I want to be at, at a different body of water. Gotcha. Um, October, I, I don't want to be anywhere but Lake Ponteray.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah. May June Priest Lake. May June Ponteray. You know, I grew up fishing Coeur d'Alene. Um Fernand was one of my staples, you know, mm-hmm. when I first started guiding. And then of course the state came in and required us to license up and you have to be licensed for each individual body of water now. But back then I could I could go guide anywhere I wanted to. Yeah. So yeah. but today I, I'm still licensed on Ponderé and Priest Lake and uh, I bounce between those two.
0: Did cause I and I can't figure out Ponderay. I I have a heck of a time catching fish on Ponderay, a, and I don't.
1: It's a big, big it's huge such body a, of water. Yeah,
0: it is, and it is deep. It's cold. Uh, I. It's a great lake, but uh, I struggle on that one. I can catch kokanee like crazy on that lake, but that's about it. Well, kokanee are
1: great to catch. They're good to
0: eat. <laughs> they are good.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ponderay, you know, it's a it's like an ocean. Mm-hmm. It's a huge body of water, and uh, climate.
0: Yeah.
1: Seasonal changes they all have a big, huge impact on what each species of fish does. Yeah. You know? And uh, I, I guess the easiest thing for me would, you know, when I'm looking to catch fish out there, what species am I going to go for and where are they going to be located? And, and I'll try to fine-tune that to one particular fish. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out there and try to broadcast and, and catch everything at one time.
0: I think that's. Uh, do a lot of guides do that, where they're trying to just kind of cast in a wide net? I've I have well, never I, I've never had a guide for uh, fishing any of these lakes, so I'm just curious how that works.
1: Well, I, to me, it's 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 a fly by the seat of your pants. It's something that I've done all my life. I fished before I became a guide, and and one of the reasons I became a guide is because of my love of fishing. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that, hey, there's maybe a niche here that i can move into and actually make a living and i was blessed to be able to do that
0: i hear dogs barking yeah yeah did you hear that oh maybe they're just playing
1: i don't know maybe somebody's here let me go check
0: all right you go check while he's doing that we're uh i'll just keep you up to speed as to oh it does look like somebody's Uh here i'll pause this for a minute well i think because of this COVID, you know, everybody where where my family we go camp a lot up on some national forests. and we're usually, you know, there's few other campers up there up on the river. Not this year. Man, and and then you get these 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 people they pull up in these big RVs and they, they pull out their rifles and start shooting in every direction. It's like you guys know I, I am fifty yards from you. My camp is fifty yards from you. And and They don't get it. They, they don't care. get it. They don't care. Like like there's no consequences, right? So that was nice meeting your neighbor, though. And uh, you guys, I I just hit record again here. Oh, (laughs)
1: good Yeah, and so um,
0: you guys have quite the little saga going on up here with with these wolves and the wildlife.
1: Yeah, you know, we talked earlier, this whole Precite Basin, the wolves have damaged it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It, And I hope it's not a permanent damage. I've never seen anything like it.
0: What do you think needs to be done with wolves? Honestly? Yeah.
1: How did we get rid of them before? Poison. Yeah.
0: Poison. Yeah. And and it's not like because I agree. And I'm not saying this from some hatred for the wolf. Mm-mm. Right? It's, I don't hate them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not that's not what this is about, but they they are perhaps the most cunning wild animal that we have on our landscape in North America, and so the the tall task of managing them has just become too difficult. You
1: you can't manage if you can't see.
0: Yeah,
1: you know uh, the average hunter maybe will get one in a lifetime if he's actually out in the woods
0: trying, a lot, mm-hmm. trying.
1: Um, I'm in the I live in the woods. I've lived in the woods pretty much all my life, and I see them on occasion. I hear them. I killed a wolf a week ago. It's the first one I've ever shot. Now,
0: you're you're the first person I know that has killed a wolf barefoot.
1: <laughs> well, there was a reason for that. I was eating <laughs> breakfast when I decided to visit. <laughs> was there more than one
0: out there, or was it just that one?
1: I you know, Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Um, during November, Ryder got beat up pretty bad. My mm-hmm. young dog, and uh, she had bite marks all up and down her arms. She was bruised, her neck and her chest were bruised that bad, and she was visibly shaken for at least twenty four hours. Mm. I- I'm sure it was a wolf.
0: I'm sure it I, was too.
1: I saw a wolf. I was drinking coffee one morning, and over by my gate, I saw a big male. Uh, I would have shot him. If I could have gone on him. I just I did I couldn't make it happen, yeah. Yeah. This wolf here that was fighting with our dogs. Uh, Kathy was here in the kitchen. I was eating breakfast over there and I looked out and I could saw I could see Ryder. She was excited and her hair was all standing up on her back. And I thought, What's going on? You know? And I stood up and instantly you know, here's this big black wolf silhouetted against the snow in my front yard mm-hmm. fighting with my dogs. You know, and, and Taz, my 16-year-old, wouldn't take much to finish her off. You know, a wolf could knock her oh, down sure. and she'd be out of commission forever. You know, and the first thing I did, I grabbed my rifle ran around the back of the house and was fortunate enough to be able to put it down. Yeah. And I don't kill wolves just to kill them. There's a reason, you know.
0: hmm I mean. Well, I don't know. I Actually, I won't say that. There are people that will kill them just to kill them. Uh, and but I think like with to your point where we have this mindset where I, I think that we have a, a deeper understanding than a lot of people, especially that live in areas that are not in wolf country, we have a deeper understanding of the consequences of having them run running amok. Right. right. Um, especially, you know, you you live out here. This is this is wild country out here. I lo- I'm jealous. I'd love to live out here. Oh, it's
1: it's a dream it's a dream to live here and, and mm-hmm. be surrounded by all this it's
0: yeah I mean you've yeah. had just in the last few months you've had wolves you've had uh, you had those grizzly tracks uh, tons of black bears and obviously the deer and the elk and, and moose are around and yeah. and um,
1: it's heaven mm-hmm. it, it truly is and people that come fishing with me that live in urban areas aren't you afraid of those aren't you afraid of the bears i don't know i'm yeah. far less afraid of this wildlife than i am of the people that i'm surrounded by when i go to town
0: mm-hmm. yeah, this too. stuff
1: out here i can trust
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you, there there is like an honest relationship that we have with wildlife right, yeah. right. i've i've taken people hunting before and, and i'll point out you know there's Bear droppings right there, and and they get pretty nervous about it. <laughs> it's pretty comical, but you know if if you're not if you're not immersed in this kind of life, uh, you know I could see where that that could be because of Hollywood. You know Hollywood makes, you know the same people that that don't want us to manage wolves and bears and everything, but they they're also the ones that make them look like they're a bunch of bloodthirsty animals that are always on the in attack mode. Yeah, uh,
1: remember in, the Revenant.
0: oh yeah yeah Jeez, that uh that depiction and i mean there's a ton of them what was that show i think it was called the bear i i anyway i'm getting off topic there it was when i was a kid it made me think that all bears were out to get you
1: yeah
0: and and i grew up in in the woods you know and so for a kid in the city i can imagine that that effect is, is a little bit more profound even but
1: yeah, my wildlife is awesome. I love it. And I love being with them. Um, love being around them, seeing them every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just, it's the way life should be. My life, it's the way my life should be. It's the way I've always envisioned it, the way that, what I've always wanted. Um, now, with the arrival of the wolves, things are out of balance. Mm-hmm. Completely out of balance. Our yeah. moose population has plummeted. You know, what do we do about it? How do we how do we bring that balance back?
0: Yeah, I this is an argument that we've had. Um, I've I, I've been I've been talking about this for years, and and it's something we've discussed a lot on the podcast. Even mm-hmm. I've had entire podcast episodes just talking about uh, dealing with wolves, and and it's different for everybody in terms of regionally where they're at. Wolves, folks down in southern Idaho are dealing with wolves in a different way than we are in northern Idaho. Uh, fo- folks in Montana have, have different challenges. Folks in Alaska have different challenges than, than what we experience. And so I think that one of the things, and, and you already kind of nailed this one, but one of the things that we, that, that we have challenged with in terms of the wolf here is how thick these forests are. I mean, if, if, if somebody has not been to the panhandle and the far north panhandle of Idaho, this is super thick, uh, old-growth, coniferous kind of forest. You don't, you don't sit on a ridge and glass for, for wolves. I mean, the likelihood of you seeing them uh, is, is just really not there. And so that's the challenge.
1: Our clear cuts are, are gone. Most of our clear cuts are gone. And the old burns mm-hmm. that we had in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s, they're, they're, they're grown up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not going to see anything. Yeah, you gotta yeah. sit on a trail. Now you gotta you gotta whitetail hunt. You gotta sit in heavy brush thickets, and and that's where these animals live.
0: Yeah,
1: you're not gonna see them. Yeah, that's why trapping is much more effective than hunting, and trapping, even even the best trappers, aren't doing what they need to do.
0: Yeah, it's too
1: expensive. You know, we need more tools to to, to manage these animals. We gotta have more tools.
0: There is discussion going on right now regarding uh the possibility of allowing spotlighting for wolves uh because it is it is considered a big game animal, so that's why it's not where where you we can spotlight for like coyotes but but not wolves. Well, I can't believe how hard it's snowing by the way, that, It was clear when I got here
1: we can we can leave a trap run twenty four forty eight seventy two hours we have mm-hmm. to check them every seventy two hours, but we lay them out there and and let them do their job. Why can't we hunt at night yeah i I've never heard of any reason why why i I may be ignorant here, but I don't know of any laws that say we can't shoot them at night
0: yeah i i I mean, I know they're on the books, something you know any kind of uh, nighttime big game hunting is is against the rules. Uh, well, but well, wait a minute, and, and that's and we, the argument.
1: We can run our trap lines at night. There's no laws that say we have to run them during the daytime. We can run our traps at night, and if we have an animal in a trap, bang.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's shoot. true. That's and a good point. Legal. So why can't we go out and hunt? Yeah, wolves uh, at night, and, and that's that's part of the argument. Is is so they they want to talk about the the possibility of having spotlighting and and thermal imaging, right, to to hunt wolves. Which thermal imaging would be a huge um, – that would be a huge benefit. Yeah. And, and uh, some of these people, the, the argument is, is well, this is going to translate into, well, well, then our people are going to say, then why can't we hunt elk at night? Or why can't we right. – but the, that theory doesn't hold. We already have nighttime hunting for varmint-type animals such as coyotes. So so how how has that not translated? Anyway, <laughs> we can go down all sorts of rabbit holes with that one.
1: Yeah, there's – Lots of different thoughts on that. For sure. <laughs> but, we, but like I said, we just need more tools uh, that we can use to manage the wolf population.
0: Would you say when, when it comes to like hunting, whether we're talking elk or deer, um, you know, outside of predator management, are are wolves like the biggest thing that's changed since you started hunting? Is that what's changed the Ab- landscape?
1: Absolutely. Have they? Yeah. Wolves and and tree huggers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I knew we were going to get along pretty good there, Rich. <laughs> we're yeah. starting to get a lot more tree huggers up here in North Idaho. Oh man. It's, it's concerning. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, when you're when you're not guiding, tell walk us through when you're not guiding for fish, uh walk us through kind of what what you do uh day to day, what what your lifestyle's like and and how you've immersed yourself in this kind of living.
1: Well, Gee, <laughs> I haven't thought about trying to describe that. You know, I'm, I'm just like anybody else. You know, I get up in the morning, fire up the coffee, you know, want to want to read the news, want to check Facebook. You know, yeah. I'm just like everybody else. But the only difference is I'm smack dab in the middle of where I always dreamed of being. Mm-hmm. So I have a tendency to not go anywhere. I, I like to be here. I like to be surrounded by nature yeah um i i I wrote a little piece on facebook about our last two days of deer hunting and kathy and i left home here which my need to leave home has diminished tremendously since i finally got to live where i want to live sure so you know i'm surrounded by all that but i don't hunt where i live these animals that that visit my home here they're off limits and so we went out the last two days. We went to a different area. We saw lots of game. I had an opportunity to shoot a tremendous four-by-four four whitetail. And, you know, I, I had more fun watching it. And when we watched him walk away, she says, why don't you shoot it? I said, well, we have plenty. Our freezes are full. You know, I've got half an L from last year. And half a bull that I killed and half the cow that my brother killed. We don't need any more and I'm I'm totally satisfied
0: with what we did. That's interesting. So you not a lot of people put that much thought into it. I think that sometimes the confusion or or not the confusion, the the desire to be out there pursuing these animals, and I, I've been guilty of that, where um what do you? I, I don't know how to ask that. So you, you're pragmatic in terms of how you're hunting. If 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 you don't see a necessity in terms of the food, the meat that is providing the source resource, because uh, because I remember when you posted that, and I think that you you had a picture of that deer, and and it was a pretty big buck, wasn't it? If if it's the one I remember, and there's been a lot. <laughs> well,
1: the buck, the particular buck that we passed on was a four by four. And he was about a 140-inch 4x4. Beautiful, big buck.
0: Yeah, yeah, You know,
1: and God knows I love killing big white tail bucks. Sure, <laughs> I sure. i killed lots of them. But that particular time, at that particular moment, I, I just, I didn't have a need for it. It was more enjoyable to watch it. And especially with Kathy with me, um, she got to learn something about me as a hunter, that she didn't know before.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, I don't. Pulling the trigger is so anticlimactic. Yeah. You know, it, it truly is. I mean, I agree with. Once that. you pull a trigger, then the pretty part stops. The the, the fun part, the pursuit, that's over. Now it's uh, mechanics. You know, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna dress this animal. We're gonna we're gonna prepare it for a table, and and that's a mechanical process. Um, the anticipation, getting up early in the morning, um, the beautiful things that you see mm-hmm. during the pursuit of an animal—those th- th- are, those are, as if not more important than the actual taking of an animal, hmm. at least to me.
0: ho 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 are you guys thinking about getting some hunting gear for christmas whether it's for you where you're going to be your own santa claus or are you do you have a hunter in mind that you want to get some hunting gear for well let me just tell you a couple of sponsors that we have here on the show that'll save you a little bit of money and the first one being hoffman boots my favorite go-to boot company out there is hoffman and let me tell you something You are not chinsing out by getting a set of Hoffman boots. I run the Explorers in the 8-inch. You can also get the 6-inch. You can get the the Summit boots, which are really badass, and these boots, I've trusted these boots for years. This is not some new thing for me. I love my Hoffman boots. I've had all the big name brands of boots out there, and I can promise you that I will never buy anything but Hoffman again save you a little bit of money because the Hoffman's aren't quite as expensive but yet don't let that take away from the quality of these boots they will last a long time and they are worth every cent and to make it even sweeter for you this holiday season if you use the promo code huntsman15 all caps lock that's gonna save you 15% at checkout great boots great warranty great product check it out at hoppinboots.com moving right into the scree gear guys you know i've run scree gear for for a while now if you listen to this show i'm a big fan of scree this is high performance hunting attire and gear it's scientifically tested camo patterns and it's backed by a great company they named the company after scree rock and they changed the spelling on it you know you know that that shell rock kind of stuff you find at the bottom of base cliffs that's where they got the name and it's a western hunting company and here's what's cool right now so they're They've got two patterns, and one of their patterns is called the Mountain Stealth, and that pattern is getting discontinued, much to my dismay, because that's what I run. I like the Mountain Stealth; it's, it's a lot better for most of the terrain that I hunt in. But they are having a—they're um, doing away with it. So they've got a huge deal going on. It's like 30% off of the Mountain Stealth Scree Gear. So if, if you have the inclination to get re-outfitted for new camo for next year, go to Screegear.com and check out anything in the Mountain Stealth. I highly recommend the Elite Starter Bundle. It's probably the best bang for your buck. And if you get it in the Mountain Stealth, I think it's good. that's going to run to like the, the last day of... Or I'm, I've got September on my mind. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> last day of December, uh, that 30% off is going to be taking place. So go check it out at ScreeDerek.com. Now, if you do... Use the Mountain Stealth. That is going to be a better discount than what my promo code can offer you. But I I would ask, please mention in the comments somewhere that you did hear that at the Western Huntsman uh, on the show. Uh, I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart when you do that. Uh, And and if you're not using that and you need a promo code because you're going to get the other stuff, then use promo code the Western Huntsman and that's going to save you 15% off and free shipping. It's a great deal and uh, you're going to love your scree gear. Last but not least is Phelps Game Calls. Phelps Game Calls is the go-to call company for the Western Huntsman, whether we're talking deer, bear, and especially elk. Phelps Game Call, they, those calls have put down more elk than the plague. And you guys, if, if you follow along with the, the whole brand of Phelps, it's a wonderful company story filled with great people. They do excellent products, excellent customer service, great warranties, great company. You, you just can't go wrong. Go to Phelps.com. Use promo code Huntsman10 and save 10% off your Phelps calls uh, Phelps calls for uh, next season. It's coming up. I know. We, we're we in Christmas right now. It's Christmas, but September is going to be here before you know it. So go check it out at Phelps.com. Let's get back to the episode, guys. Thanks a bunch. We'll talk to you soon. What you just said there is actually one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to get you on, on the show. And, and for people that don't know, Rich is uh, you know, I've said this on the for- before. You, you know, truly, I, I am excited for every guest I get on the show, right? But I was really excited to get you on. I think that you have a lot of perspective that is missed by a lot of hunters these days. Uh, I think that perceptions in, in, in some of the, the conceptual ideas of what hunting is is lost on a lot of hunters uh and and you kind of have a way of bringing that to an understandable level and, and that's why I've been so excited to get you on I've been trying and just so the audience knows I've been trying to get rich on the show since like last winter <laughs> he keeps telling me no and then you escaped to New Mexico last winter and uh or, or was that New Mexico you went down to uh, we were in Arizona oh you were in Arizona yeah. I thought you were in New yeah. Mexico for some reason yeah. uh but but I finally I finally <laughs> talked him into it. And uh, how much am I paying you again now? <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. So uh, no, that's that's really interesting. Well, I, I wanted to ask you that, like when when you're because you're on Facebook and and you see some of these uh, the way that hunting can be perceived on Facebook and 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 these different social media outlets and, and what are what are hunters doing wrong these days in your opinion?
1: They're competitive. You know, I I was on a a thread that you were on just a couple of days ago, and you know, how big is my bull? What does it score? Yeah. I don't care what a bull scores. I don't care what a whitetail scores anymore. I've killed dozens of truly giant whitetails, and I guess
0: uh, and we I'm have not, proof of that. Well, I'm by not <laughs>
1: brag. I don't want to brag about that. It's not a brag. I, I'm I'm trying to make a point. Um, Kevin Sawyer and I have these conversations frequently the bull that i shot this year it wasn't a hunt Mm -hmm. it was harvesting meat i I didn't go out and bugle in a bull there wasn't anything like that at all but that being said i can go back to my youth i'm 70 years old now Mm -hmm. i go back to my youth and i can remember crawling down in these deep deep holes bugling bulls in, killing them, and then having to wade through the slop of their their wallows, Mm -hmm. and then sweat and, and bleed trying to get those quarters back up to the road. I don't have to do that anymore. Over the course of time, I figured out how I can do that, and not stress myself nearly as much do
0: you ever miss it though do you ever miss calling like i love bugling
1: i love bugling out there's there's nothing any more fun than having a big old screaming bull come in and want to kick your tail yeah but i'm i'm on i got far far fewer days in front of me than i have behind me and my physical abilities now aren't what they were Mm -hmm. as much as i want to try um those Hard. days of pack and quarters on my back are gone,
0: getting back to uh, what you were talking about with with it being a competition because i I agree I have never scored an elk or a buck or a you know any I've never scored anything because i I don't give a damn i and I legitimately don't give a damn right and I know that there's arguments out there that that people talk about and i I, I talked about this on one of the last episodes. There's arguments for okay, well in this area uh, the 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 buck to dough ratio is really small, so you know you got to let them grow and blah blah blah. And I I get there's there's nuances, but as a whole I think that I think that you're right. Like just the the, the competitive nature that it's becoming. It all comes from things like Facebook. You know that before Facebook you didn't have that. People well, scored, but
1: we did, but. It was more of a neighborhood competition exactly. than, than yeah. a global competition.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're not...
1: It was always fun to drive through town opening morning with a big six-by-six six bull and the antlers tied on the bumper of your pickup. Yeah. That was... That was cool. Can you Dude, imagine you, doing that today? You'd see somebody driving through town.
0: Yeah, yeah oh, honking horns. Yeah, and people would happy follow for them, them until they pulled over so they could talk about exactly. it. Yeah, yeah. The last three or four
1: times I did that, oh my god, I I was coming up south off of Highway 95 and I had to come through Lane because they lived in Hayden Lake. Uh huh. And. I had a I had a six-by-five bull in the back of my pickup opening morning. Had him in their hole. I got lucky and, and got him in a place where I could get to it. I had more people flipping me off than I had people raving me.
0: See, and that makes me nervous because this that's is crazy, Idaho. Yeah. Man. This is Idaho. We don't flip each other off over bull elk in the back of your truck.
1: When I was a kid, our rifle season started September 15th, and it ran to December 15th. Mm-hmm. You could hunt in heavy snow. snow or you could hunt in your t-shirt and tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. It was up to you, but you had all that time to do it um and you never hardly ever saw anybody. You could go put your your out camp in at the beginning of season and leave it there. nobody messed with it.
0: yeah, it's
1: not like that anymore.
0: And that was that was back when, like you know, when I was a kid, we uh, school was out during hunting season. They they would first two weeks. Yeah, everybody yeah. went to hunting camp. <laughs> they just did that out of necessity. There's no point half the half the class is going to be gone. Yeah. But uh, no, that's that's interesting. And and so the the competition, I I think that's what I what I wanted to really kind of get out of it. from from your perspective. You you've been doing this a long time. You've got a lot of experience with this, and it's positive experience, uh, meaning. You've been you've been extremely successful hunting. Obviously, obviously you're a hell of a fisherman, right? One day I'm going to talk you into taking me out.
1: <laughs> and I get lucky sometimes. I want one happens. of those
0: cam loops, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and you you have had a lot of success. So the, and I think it's important that people hear from guys like you, Rich, that that uh, on on those kind of perspectives and why it's bizarre that we have this thing where we, we uh, especially on social media, where we get after each other, uh, get on each other's cases over what size of deer, what, you know, as, as if it is some kind of uh, competition, and, and as if we have the right to judge another hunter's goals. Does that make sense? It makes perfect
1: sense. I, I was on a following a thread the other day on, I think it was elk addicts, Oh boy! And somebody, somebody put up a picture of a bull. Wanted to know people's opinion on what it would score, and it just deteriorated instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and people start calling each other names. You know, well, why? Yeah. We're, we're a group. We're a group that that loves the same thing. Yeah. And I, I just I, you won't ever see me talking on those on those forums i just refuse to get involved in that i'm not going to talk yeah. i'm not i don't want to i don't want my comments to get attacked and, and torn apart like other people's comments are and i just i sit back and i go uh nah, i don't i don't need this
0: do you think that part of that my, in my opinion here's and i've thought a lot about for some reason it really bothers me when hunters go after each other on social media because i know that if, if instead of being on the internet and they were down hanging out at the bar, like right down the road, we got Hills Resort. If we're all if there's a bunch of hunters hanging out at the bar, they're not talking to each other like that, hmm. right? That's that's and so I, I, I wonder if some of this is developed out of, out of these kind of this internet social media kind of thing where some some of these are young guys that don't know life before social media, right? And internet, in um. That saddens me because th- you never saw that kind of disrespect prior to this.
1: No, you haven't. And the other thing, the internet, it's its going to kill everything. I know. It, it kills everything. To it
0: exposes me, too much.
1: Oh, well, sure it does. To me, the art of discovery is sacred. The places that I, I used to hunt, mm-hmm. I take a few people in. And it backfired on me every time.
0: Oh man, me too.
1: I won't ever take anybody here, Rich. I promise. This is such a great spot. Well, the next time I roll in there, there they are with their buddies, and the next time, their their buddies. Their buddies
0: are there with their buddies, yeah,
1: and it's ruined. It's ruined forever. Yep. Same thing fishing. I had numerous people beg me, show me a show me a big lake trout. Take me take me out and let me catch a giant lake trout. I will never tell anybody your secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The whole outdoors experience today has been permeated with new people that are pursuing this that have no idea what proper protocol and courtesies are. Mm -hmm. And it's destroying it. It's completely destroying everything. Um, Hunting on public land now. I, I rarely do it I rarely rarely go on public land and that's why there's so many people that just don't have common courtesy or they're completely ignorant as to what common
0: courtesy yeah 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 they don't know nobody's taught them yeah
1: nobody nobody has yeah. and and it's it's frustrating and it creates friction among the users it mm-hmm. creates a lot of friction um,
0: it's it's interesting I I think this is a good way to relay this message that we're we're getting at because I, I think that this is an important message for people to hear what, you, what you're talking about in terms of when when I first picked up fly fishing for example for example if I can talk right um, I was terrible at fly fishing right and and I was intimidated by it because people would would uh, kind of exaggerate the level of techni- technical technical uh, need or mm-hmm. necessity for yeah. fly fishing, yeah. and and what I what I know now is is uh, fly fishing is probably the most efficient way to catch a fish if uh, if you're on a river.
1: Yeah, and it's easy. Too. It's easy. It's easy. You just gotta and, get comfortable but, with it. you know it, they they easy. make
0: these movies like a river runs through it, and and you know you gotta pick the right little feather color on your fly. To, it, it, it's all BS. Well, and, well there's but, something
1: there's something to picking the right <laughs> to match the hats. There's mm-hmm, something yeah, to that, yeah. but. You just put a reasonable
0: representation of a, yeah. of a food source you're in good shape yeah and uh, but but where so I I did this for like four years I went out and I'm trying to catch fish and every once in a while I, I would catch fish with my fly rod but uh, I never got good at it until I went on this company trip that come I, I had uh, I was in the heating and air conditioning business. And they sent me on this uh, trip for the, one of the manufacturers, sent us on this fly fishing trip. And this Henri old bugger was my guide. And his name was Rod. And I talk about this in one of my articles. But uh, his name was Rod. Everybody called him Fishing Rod, or they called him the Fishing Nazi. And because <laughs> he was not a friendly guide, he was, he, he, want, and, and the reason he wasn't friendly about it is because, now this is before the big social media influx, right? Uh, he wanted you to learn. when When he took you out, he wanted you to know how to go to a river on your own and catch a fish, right? And so he was serious about that. and And I think that that, that was what my goal was. Uh, I wanted to learn how to catch fish, like like Rod knew how to catch. And so he did that. I spent two days with him, learned how to fly fish. what and what i what I think is the difference now is people don't go out with an expert like Rod or like with you anymore. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, making a blanket statement about all everybody that you and I know anymore. I, it's just, it, there, I think that there's a certain percentage of people that go out that want to take a good picture for their Facebook and their Instagram. There's a lot, right? of that. There's they, a they, lot They're not that. interested. They want you to tell them where to go. They want you to bait the hook, the, tie the fly on, do, do all this stuff, Every, do everything, uh, and especially take a picture, right? And so. I think that that's that's a big thing. And it's it's like that with hunting guides, too. I know there's some hunting guides that get frustrated with that because people don't want to learn the art and the skill of being an outdoorsman anymore.
1: Guiding is not what people think it is. It's tough. And for me, I want you to catch fish. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's certain things that you have to do for me so that I can do what I need to do for you. Boat control is huge. I run small boats. And a lot of times I get big people in my small boat. And they don't understand <laughs> the need for a balanced craft so that I can put my boat where I need <sighs> to go. Because I'm always fishing a specific boat piece of real estate Mm -hmm. people just think you just blindly broadcast your lures out in the water and just drag them around that's the farthest thing from the truth that there could be you know i'm working specific pieces of body of water whether it may it may be the bottom maybe a current seam whatever if they'll help me then we're going to be successful um same thing in your in your fly fishing Mm -hmm. you know your your guide was trying to teach you this 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 and this and, and you put all these things together and you're gonna catch that mm-hmm. um, there's times when I come off as a as a mean curmudgeon crude old man no and I'm sorry <laughs> but you know what I, that's that's me yeah and I can't please all the people all the time I can please some of the people some of the time and I'm sure that the rest of those guys out there are gonna go yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, kn- I know this, though, Rich. Whatever you do, it works because I tried to book with you last summer, and you were booked the whole time. I couldn't get a spot. And so uh, I-, I need to just reserve a spot while I'm here at your place for next year if you're going to do it still. We can
1: do that. I'll be guiding. I'll be All guiding, right. Man. All right. Now you got to step into work, so we'll guiding.
0: All right. Sounds good. But, uh, no, I-, I think that that's-, that's exactly it, just like just like that guide was with me. Um I think that people need to pay more attention, whether they're with a guide or like a hunting mentor or a fishing mentor, somebody that's teaching them the ropes, uh, that that this is a lifestyle that is not just based on on taking a nice picture and scoring a buck. Right, um,
1: and, and, and there's a lot you more to it. There's something that you don't learn it in one trip.
0: Yeah, yeah, it that's takes, a good point. It
1: takes an entire lifetime. It's a
0: great point.
1: An entire lifetime to learn how to do it.
0: That's a great point, because uh, you, using this fly fishing example. Um, you know, I, and I, I take some flack sometimes because I talk about fly fishing a lot, uh, but I love fly fishing, mm-hmm. uh, But there, and there's also a lot of snobs that like fly fishing too, and so I think that's why sometimes I catch some flack, but I'm just your regular fisherman, and uh, and I like to f- use a fly rod, uh, but, but what I learned is how to learn how to fish from, from that particular guide, and now I can go to any river in the west, in the Rocky Mountain west, mm-hmm. I can go to any river, With exactly what's in my fly box, and I could I could locate fish on a river, and I can catch them every every time.
1: Pretty nice to have that. It's pretty nice, right? Now I
0: don't have that on uh, with lake fishing. I'm terrible at lake fishing. Well, and so uh, I I need you to teach me.
1: Lakes are no different than a river. In fact, many lakes are like rivers. Mm -hmm. You got you got the main arterial that feeds the lake, and, and you're gonna have an outlet. Look at it like that. Look at it like it's just a big pool. Hmm. There's rocks, there's bumps, there's islands, there's current. There's always current through these lakes. People don't think about that.
0: Yeah, I think a, a yeah. lot of people just think the water just sits stagnant. It, it doesn't. You know? It doesn't. Yeah. You yeah.
1: know, well, and that water is moving around, and it makes fish do different things. And
0: I love learning that. I could cool. geek out on that all day long. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, that's great stuff. Uh and, and it's the same when when we apply that conversation, this topic to hunting, is is I think people need to uh remember that that it is not just going out into the forest with a gun, like this isn't Elmer Fudd. Well, I sh- I hate using that example because <laughs> this this social uh dilemma of <laughs> Elmer Fudd has eliminated Elmer Fudd from uh the, the whole Looney Tunes lineup or whatever that is. Uh, which is pretty irritating. Oh, well, because he had a
1: gun. Yeah, he had a
0: gun. <laughs> uh, so we, we, you know, little, little Johnny's feelings might get hurt. But, um, you know, but that's that's what it is. The nuance of 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 like deer hunting, it's it's pretty complicated. It's a, it's a pretty complicated process to be successful at it. Yeah. Uh, same with elk and, and anything else.
1: The and biggest thing is you, you got to be where they live. Yeah. You got to be where they live. If, uh, I I feel sorry for the weekend guys they'd have to work a regular job and they go out they get all prepared friday night and saturday morning they go to their favorite spot and there's 18 different guys sitting there doing the same mm-hmm. thing i feel bad for those people
0: i do too you yeah. know it's it's hard to be a weekend hunter and be successful anymore yeah it tough. used to be easy it, and not that hunting was ever easy but it, it used to be a lot more feasible to just be a weekend hunter you know uh, and and be successful
1: I can drive that into a different a completely different uh, view this last summer and it's been going on for quite a few summers but that I wasn't aware of but this last summer was uh, much more obvious mm-hmm. the people that used to come up on Friday nights are now getting be they're getting beat by the people coming on Thursday to beat the Friday people mm-hmm. and now we got the Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tell me about it and it's, it's like that steady, for just camping anymore. Yeah, it's a steady stream. And I'm reading, I just read an article the other day, Priest Lake State Park is completely booked for the entire summer. The only yeah. way you get a camp spot now is to call and get somebody that canceled. And,
0: that's and, out of and control. it's like that
1: all of these campgrounds around here are completely plugged up.
0: Yeah. that's And I, I hope that that calms down once this COVID thing goes away you know cuz it was like that you see a wolf no God, i keep i keep watching man no i saw my dog in a way. <laughs> okay yeah i yeah i keep catching some movement over there but it's your it's your eve dripping but <laughs> the way it's dripping against the reflection on the glass i keep thinking something's coming out of those woods
1: yeah, pretty soon it'll be the whitetails walking through here
0: yeah 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 no um but yeah it's like that for for just camping during the summer and and it used to be you know, we used to go up on Thursday to beat the Friday hunters, or right. uh, campers, uh, as a family. Yeah. And that doesn't not, that that doesn't work, doesn't I mean, work anymore. I'd huh? have to take the whole week off and go up on Monday to have a prayer. Uh, and, yeah, and that's frustrating. So I'm hoping that, because um, I know that this COVID thing is, has made that, uh, that, it's made a huge impact on that. Uh, my brother-in-law works down at the RV place, and he, he said they've sold, like, double or triple, whatever mm-hmm. is normal. Okay. For The trailers and um, Kathy you know, and I,
1: yeah, Kathy and I are looking at buying a, a new side by side. And I call a couple of the dealerships, sold out, they don't have any. Yeah, one guy, one 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 outfit had two on site, and the other outfit, all they had were brand new, way out of my pocket,
0: yeah, 40 pocket grand money. or yeah. something
1: like that. Yeah, and, and ridiculous, and, and they had like eight or ten of them, and that was it. Yeah, nothing used.
0: I refuse to spend that kind of money on a freaking glorified dune buggy, all right? I don't care what anybody – this would be the greatest – you've got a good spot for having a side-by-side, though. No. Yeah. No.
1: No. Yeah. No, uh, no?
0: No? no. So Should we not say that? We uh, –
1: <laughs> I got I, – you know, I started traveling down to the desert, down to Baja and down to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I, I developed a whole new family down there in the winter, my snowbird family. And I have discovered side-by-side riding in the desert. Oh, my That's God. That's something else, huh? It is absolutely – It's. I had no idea how cool it was. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm thinking I'm not even taking my boat with me.
0: Oh, now you're talking crazy, bitch. I know. That's it's, kind of, it's just crazy talk. It's so Have you done it on the sand dunes down there the, with the no, side-by-side? No
1: I, no, I don't want to ride with other people. <laughs> I, I, I sat down there and watched those idiots at Glamis uh-huh. I watched the ambulances go in and out and in.
0: oh yeah well, it was because it's so busy now when I was a kid we'd go to the sand dunes and ride motorcycles Yeah, and but we'd be the only ones there You know, uh, another camp or two here and there but uh now it's super crowded yeah it's like a nascar race down there
1: we're out remote i mean way out remote and and we're trail riding Uh these these, these little goat trails that go up into these rocky mountains it's it's fun it is it's truly fun i had no idea that i would enjoy it as much as i do yeah yeah it's neat
0: yeah that'd be a ball i'm waiting i got a buddy down in arizona uh rudy with tacticam who's supposed to be uh Working out this coos deer hunt down there because they've got those coos deer, and mm-hmm. I got a thing for those coos deer. And and yeah, easy, uh, easy he is slacking, man. <laughs> he has not responded and come back and and let me know what the dates are on that deal yet. Hmm. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, he listens to this and it gets some fire under his ass.
1: That's neat country.
0: It is. It's it really, really is. neat country,
1: and yeah. uh, I can, we see them sometimes down there. Do you? Yeah, I, I see the big desert bighorn or uh, uh, mule deer too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you ever get mule deer around here? yeah uh, hunt wise
1: occasionally they'll come through i I used to shoot them when i was younger but i got into whitetails i i really like i like eating whitetails
0: i know me too they're
1: really good i I, i'll i prefer whitetail over elk meat do you really oh yeah oh wow i do but uh this year we got plenty of elk meat so
0: yeah you do have a lot of elk meat this year i let the let them walk. Just let them walk. Yeah, I like that. You're hunting down a necessity and, and uh, not not overindulging and, and it's a, it's quite a concept that uh, is lost on a lot of people. So no, that's that's fantastic.
1: Well, there's nothing like walking up on a great big buck. I mean, yeah, that's far be it for me to say don't shoot it if you got a full freezer. I mean, everybody loves to walk up on a buck with a big rack. And and you're not you're not hurting anything. I mean, he's done his is good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably in all probabilities won't make it through the winter if he's a true old giant. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We had a full freezer, and I just didn't feel like shooting a buck that day. I, I you know what?
0: I love that. I I actually really this is why I like doing this show because I have a lot of different perspectives and personalities wow. and you know this is this is how we learn and grow as hunters yeah. and and outdoorsmen and so it's it's this is this has been good i there is a question i know we're we're, we're starting to go a little long here but there is a question i had for you um i i want to get your take on what you would tell a new let's say it's it's a young a, a, a young whippersnapper right <laughs> 18 to 20 years old wanting to get into this kind of life where where they're wanting to Enjoy fishing and hunting and, and get away from all the BS that we find on, on social media. What do you tell that guy? I don't know if I asked that right.
1: I, I understand it. Um, find a mentor. Find a mentor that's successful. Find someone that's a nice person. Mm-hmm. And approach them. And be honest, and say I want to learn, and I want to learn, and, and I want to be good, I want to be successful. But more than that, I think that they need to learn how to uh, blend with the rest of the people that are using the resources. Mm-hmm. And that that has been a serious source of friction for me over the years. Um, it's tough. Uh, my dad passed away a little over a year ago, Mm -hmm. and one of our final conversations was, Rich, be kind. I'm trying to take that to heart, and I'm trying to blend that in with my relationships with everybody that I deal with. Um, There's days that I fail. There's, There's days that I fail horribly. But for new people getting into the sport... Find someone that's willing to take you by the hand and walk you through it and, and do it
0: right. Man, I hope people take that to it's, heart.
1: It's, it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. My, my good it friend is. Kevin and I, we talk about this. There's days when I'm out there on the lake and I get people crowding me. They see me on fish and they crowd me and they ruin it for me. And I jump up and I yell and scream. It's no fun for them. It's no fun for me. And worst of all, it's no fun for my clients that are in the boat. Mm-hmm. Kevin and I go hunt and we want to go to our favorite spot which we got a million of them so it's no problem to go from one to the next to the next yeah. but yeah, he wrecked our day well we can't go there anymore we above anyone else need to be the examples that someone else can look up to and learn from it's hard. It's really hard. It's difficult to do. And I want to be that person. I'm not always that way. I'm, I'm pretty shy when it comes to spending my time with people I don't know. Sure. Uh, when I'm in the boat, that's, that's one thing. When I'm off the boat, I'm pretty standoffish. But uh, we need to be able to share our experiences and shine a positive light for the new people coming in. Yeah. And, I hope that I can be that. I hope I can be a better example. And, well,
0: uh, take it from a guy who pays attention to that kind of stuff. That I, I, I really believe you are. Um, that's why I wanted to get you on my show. I do. I feel like you're a leader in in the the kind of person that sets the right kind of example, especially for a lot of young hunters, um, and and fishermen, and just outdoorsmen in general, uh, because you you are kind. And and people see that. That's why people respond to you. um, Thank thank you. The way the way that they do. So. um, But thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate I know it was like a new thing for you. It's it's been fun. We we can do it again. I want to maybe hear uh, in the springtime, maybe some of your adventures this winter, because you're going to it's always an adventure at your place, whether you're here or down south.
1: Well, maybe you can come down and catch some of those giant
0: crappies with us. I'm, I'm, I might. Don't tempt me. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> yeah. They were, I was slobbering over those last winter when you were down there.
1: So. Yeah, we're going to go down there and do that. My little brother's down on Havasu right now. And, oh, is he? Yeah, he's getting dialed in on some big stripers, big
0: Oh, man, big I haven't striper. caught a striper in years. Yeah. I used to go to Lake Powell and catch him in southern Utah. Powell's a blast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, i i well, i don't want to say i grew up there but i i spent a lot of time there when i was a kid and uh, uh there are some i was really good at catching stripers on lake Powell, <laughs> so yeah it's a
1: cool It's a cool place it is it's yeah. a jaw dropper it is i've never it been is. there
0: it's it's uh, one of those things. Like if you've never been there as an adult, you, you might look at it and think it's unreal uh, in terms of the landscape and the, Jurassic uh, Park. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah. I stepped on a huge rattlesnake when I was a kid there, <laughs> and you know what saved me? The rattler he he was shedding his skin, and his his head was caught up in the shed. So when he turned around to try to get me, uh, he couldn't he couldn't bite. He was all caught up in the sh- uh, in Thank the Thank God for that! Thank God for that, is right, because we were way out in the middle of nowhere on that lake. Oh man! Um one of those, you know, they've got these canyons. There's there's more shoreline on that lake than the east coast, and I think west coast too. I I can't remember. There was some weird, just because of all those canyons, yeah. and nooks and crannies, and we were camped up there. So anyway, hours away.
1: I took my boat there two, three years ago. Uh huh. And I met a couple from uh, Quebec canada oh really yeah and i said come on you guys i never been on a lake come come with me uh-huh. you know, so we went out <laughs> we went back into places i could just barely get my boat through mm-hmm. and then it would pop open into these mile long lakes that's exactly
0: how i explained lake pal yeah a lot it's of just
1: amazing yeah in yeah. a in a sheer cliffs, you know a thousand mm-hmm. feet high it's, yeah that's cool
0: it's totally crazy some striper hardcore striper bass fisherman that uh lives in and and breathes lake powell is going to get really bent out of shape we're giving away a spot right now <laughs> so, but it's a big lake yeah I a, mean, it's yeah, a massive on. lake it's already crowded anyway it's <laughs> so, not in the winter time no not in the winter it's cool. cool when when my uh, i took that job down in utah back in 2008 and uh my wife and I we're not big sports fans. So um for every Super Bowl weekend we would go down and fish perfect on Lake Pal. And we were, we would be the only boat on that water, which could be pretty intimidating because of how uh just just much water and, and how big this lake is. Yeah. I mean it just goes and goes and goes. Yeah, you know? That's amazing. So, yeah. So well Rich, I appreciate you joining me. This has been fun.
1: Thank you, Jim. I really yeah, appreciate it. Has been it. Fun. I had no idea what it was going to be like. This has been cool.
0: Yeah, that's all it is. As I told you, just a, just a conversation now. I was hoping a wolf would pop out, but I haven't seen anything. So uh, <laughs> Better luck next time, I guess. Yeah, huh? better luck next time. <laughs> Thanks a bunch for coming on, you Rich. Bet. And uh, yeah. tell everybody one more time your, your fishing service, guide, uh, guide service. Theidahofisherman.com. Theidahofisherman.com, guys. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, and uh, if you want to check that out, Rich has a... A website with lots of good pictures. I'm I'm always impressed with the the images you put on there. That's uh, pretty cool. So check that out and uh, uh, you have safe travels wherever you're heading to. And uh, appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. You bet. Thanks. Thanks. You. Thanks. you made it all the way to the end.